Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. It is Monday, March the 14th, 2022. Good morning to you. Praise be to God. The feast day of St. Joseph is fast approaching. So is the confirmation of two of my kids. Praise be to God. But today we're going to have a great, great conversation. The connection between Our Lady of Fatima and Russia. Over the weekend, I watched a little docu- a short documentary. It was on Formed about this very topic. And it was kind of fascinating in that it went back to the 90s, early 90s, after the fall of the Soviet Union, and uh, how there was some sort of uh, relationship or dialogue there between uh, Fatima, the shrine at Fatima, and Russia. They actually did this teleconference. They had these live audiences. It was fascinating. But I think we want to dive deeper into this subject. I mean, it's a hot debate these days. Was the consecration ever really done? I mean, well, we may discuss that with our guest today coming up at 35 past the hour, Mr. Julio Laredo from the Tradition Family and Property. We've talked to him in the past on, I don't know, three or four occasions at least, and he's going to be back on our, our show today. He just gave a great talk, and we'll link to it on our social feeds today on this very subject. What is behind all of this Russia-Ukraine stuff? And has the consecration happened? I mean, have they been converted? Is Putin the great Constantine of our time, saving us from the decadence of the West? We'll have that conversation with Mr. Julio Laredo from Tradition Family and Property coming up at 35 past the hour. There are several stories in the news we're going to be covering today. I'm sure Rudy's going to be covering them. Uh, Russia is requesting China to support them in their military operation. Hmm. Lots of countries are lining up on opposite sides. Not a good situation. Much to pray for there. A military base was attacked near the Polish border in Ukraine. That's a pretty tragic story. Iran. I mean, there's a couple of stories coming out of Iran. Uh, Iranian linked over the weekend. One, there was a woman in Las Vegas, an Iranian-American woman, who lured a man and stabbed him in the neck. Uh at a hotel just as retaliation against the execution of an Iranian general. Then there was uh, Iran launching missiles, or rockets rather, into Iraq and and trying to hit a U.S. consulate in Erbil. So lots of crazy stories there. FDA has finally started releasing those documents they were forced to to release. uh, 42,000 adverse events in the first three months alone. We may cover that in the What's Concerning Us. All that and more. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. It's going to be a full day. Oh, yeah. Are you ready? I'm so ready. I mean, for like tomorrow. Oh. And Wednesday. Oh. And Thursday. Because we're not, oh. Adrian and I are done. We're out of here. <laughs> we're gone for like, until Friday. Well, no, we're just, we're going on retreat. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So, but you're left in charge. That's right. And I have some good news for you. you I do. I got my, my buddy Jordan has agreed to come on. So we're going to do a glad trad takeover of Catholic Drive Time. <laughs> glad <so>. trad takeover. <laughs> Looking forward uh, to that. So you're ready, though. I'm ready. All the moving parts. Mm-hmm. You're going to host. You're going you're gonna to produce and do news. I am gonna, I'm going to oh, give it to, to God's grace. <laughs> Speaking of needing God's <laughs> grace, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning, D. Adrian. Good morning. Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. Have you trained him well? 
We'll find out, won't we? Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, we, yeah, today's going to be a long day because uh, uh, got to try to make things as easy as possible for Rudy, setting up mm-hmm. uh, his own profiles yeah. so everything can be uh, yeah. organized and set up. So hopefully it'll run off without a hitch. Praise be to yeah. God. I came in over the weekend to produce the Gospel of Day, uh, no, yeah, Gospel of Day and the Reflection. And every single one was like a monstrous gospel. <laughs> they were like so big. That's, that's Lent for you. I know. Like today is pretty small, pretty short and to the point. And then the Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, huge. Cause like wow. half the book is in there. It's crazy. <laughs> so it ought to be fun. And so for the next three days, Adrian and I are going to be on retreat, but Rudy Carlos is going to be manning the fort while we're away. So we're mm-hmm. looking forward to that. Praise be to God. But we do have some, we have some great interviews lined up for you oh yeah definitely so good content coming mm-hmm. yeah awesome all right we are going to jump into our hour i want to thank real quick before we do agnes for taking over saturday for our fasting campaign our lent prayer fasting and uh penance campaign for the conversion of heretics and blasphemers ardent sinners that tend to get forgotten uh, Agnes took Saturday. Monica Cortez took uh, also took Saturday. Mike K, our friend, the brick wall from Virginia, a CDT insider, he took uh, Sunday, yesterday, praise be to God. And then uh, today, Matthew Spieldenner. Thank you, Matthew, for taking your day today to offer your prayers, your fasting, and your penances for our intentions. Let's pray the golden arrow prayer. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. May the most holy, most sacred, most adorable, most incomprehensible and unutterable name of God be always praised, blessed, loved, adored, and glorified in heaven, on earth, and under the earth, by all the creatures of God, and by the sacred heart of our Lord Jesus Christ in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and now your breaking news with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. Today is Monday, March 13th, and these are your headlines. Reuters reports Iran attacks Iraq's Erbil with missiles and warning to U.S. and allies. A dozen ballistic missiles hit Erbil, the capital of the autonomous Iraqi Kurdish region that appeared to target the United States and its allies. The missiles came down in areas near a new U.S. consulate building. U.S. officials said no Americans were hurt and nor were U.S. facilities hit. Kurdish authorities said only one civilian was hurt and no one was killed. The attack was carried out by Iran's Revolutionary Guard Corps in retaliation for Israeli airstrikes that killed Iranian military in Syria. And Breitbart reports Russians blast base, training foreign volunteers near Polish border. 35 are dead. Waves of Russian missiles pounded a military training base close to Ukraine's western border with NATO member Poland, killing 35 people. The strike followed Russian threats to target foreign weapons shipments that are helping Ukrainian fighters defend their country against Russia's invasion. The training center in Yavoriv appears to be the most westward target struck so far in the 18-day invasion and often hosts instructors from the U.S. and other NATO countries. And the Daily Wire reports White House briefs TikTok stars on Ukraine war. White House officials met with a group of about 30 top TikTok influencers over a Zoom call to discuss information on the narrative of the U.S. in the Ukraine. TikTok, a social media platform popular with younger users that revolves around short videos, has been at the forefront of sources for those seeking on-the-ground information about what's going on in Ukraine since Russia invaded the country late last month. And Life News reports Texas Supreme Court rules abortion ban can stay in place, keep saving babies from abortion. 
The Texas Supreme Court unanimously ruled that Texas can continue being the first state in America since 1973 to ban abortions. The ruling effectively ended a challenge by abortion centers that have gone to the state and nation's highest court in their desperate attempt to keep profiting from abortions. And those are your headline news this morning. God love you. The saint of the day is St. Mathilda. St. Mathilda was the daughter of Theodoric, a Saxon count. At an early age, she was placed in the monastery of Erfurt under the care of Maud, her grandmother, who was abbess of the monastery, which she had entered after the death of her husband. Where here, St. Mathilda learned needlework and acquired the love of labor, prayer, and spiritual reading. She remained in the convent until her parents gave her in marriage in 913 to, the, to Henry the Fowler, so called for his fondness for hawking. He became Duke in 916 on the death of his father, and in 919 he was chosen to succeed Conrad as King of Germany. The pious queen adorned the throne by her many virtues. She visited and comforted the sick and the afflicted, and instructed the ignorant, succored prisoners, and endeavored to convert sinners. And her husband concurred with her in the pious undertakings. And after 23 years of marriage, uh, King Henry died in 936. He sooner had he expired that she had she had offered a mass for the repose of his soul. And from that moment, she renounced all worldly pomp of her three sons. Or Otho afterward became emperor. Henry was Duke of Bavaria and St. Bruno edified the church as Archbishop of Cologne. Or Otho became king of Germany in 937 and 962. He was crowned emperor at Rome. In the contest between her two sons, Otho and Henry, for the crown, which was elective, the queen favored the former. A fault she expiated by her suffering, for both these sons subjected her to a long and cruel persecution. She died in 968, and her feast is March 14th. St. Mathilda, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Luke chapter 6, verses 36 through 38. Jesus said to his disciples, Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Stop judging, and you will not be judged. Stop condemning, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and gifts will be given to you. A good measure, packed together, shaken down, and overflowing, will be poured into your lap. For the measure with which you measure will in turn be measured out to you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Cyril of Alexandria would say, quote, Great then is the praise of mercy, for this virtue makes us like unto God and imprints our souls certain signs, as it were, of heavenly nature. Hence it, fo- it follows, Be ye then merciful as your heavenly Father also is merciful. Close quote, St. Cyril of Alexandria. Pray for us. Athanasius, St. Athanasius, one of my favorite saints, he says, quote, This is to say that we, beholding his mercies, what good things we do should, that we do should do them, not, oh my heavens, let me start over. What good things we do, do them not with regard to men, but to him. That was right. Praise be to God, that we may obtain our rewards from God, not from men. In other words, the stuff that we do, we shouldn't do it for the praise of others, for the recognition of others, for the respect of others. We do it for God. If we love our enemy, we do it for God. 
if we judge not the destination, the, the eternal salvation of another person, but rather work towards that, be an instrument in the hand of the Holy Ghost towards that end, we do that for the glory of God and for their salvation, for ultimate charity for that person. But we don't get to stand in judgment over that person. It is not ours to do. It is above our pay grade. You know, uh, I find it very fascinating when we looked at the, uh, the commentaries today, um, how the Ignatius Catholic commentary in particular was really reflecting upon this as a sort of a, a slight twist. Jesus was giving a slight twist to be holy as your heavenly Father is holy, found in Leviticus, right? I think it's Leviticus 19, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Ignatius Catholic commentary says, Jesus reformulates the teaching of Leviticus 19.2, replacing the command to imitate Yahweh's holiness with the command to imitate his mercy. The subtle difference between these divine attributes points to the difference between the Old Covenant and the New. The quest for holiness in ancient Israel meant that God's people had to separate themselves from everything ungodly, unclean, and impure, including Gentiles and sinners. Jesus gives holiness a new focus, defining it as a mercy that reaches out to others and no longer divides people into segregated camps or disqualifies some and not others to enter the family of God, close quote. You see, the original, the original plan, plan A, was to consecrate, to set apart this people in Egypt in their slavery, to bring them out, to set them apart, to make them holy, to make them a kingdom of priests, to go back and to bring back the lost family members of God, the Egyptianite, the Egyptians, the Canaanites, the Pesarites, the Hittites, the, you know, the Jebusites, all of the ites and everybody else to bring them back, to use these Israelites as a tool for the conversion of all the people of the world. But then the golden calf happened. And so we didn't get plan A. We then got plan B. Instead of the covenant blessings, we got the covenant curses, right? And that dispensation lasted until the passion of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And by that point, instead of converting those Canaanites in the land of Israel, they, they were going to be converted by them into paganism. And so harem warfare became the order of the day. And they had to wipe them out. And so they set themselves completely apart. And the other people weren't being converted. It is the mission of the Holy Mother Church. It is the words and the mission of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to his apostles to go out into the world and to bring back lost sinners, Gentile and Jew alike. That is our mission, and we must pray for that mission to be successful in this world because many souls are at stake. Many souls will go into hell, as our Lord has warned us. But we must pray, as Our Lady has asked of us, to pray for their conversion. But we must not be their judge. But let us be instead the instrument in the hand of the Holy Ghost to help save them. All right? Praise be to God. We're going to be right back. We have What's Concerning Us coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Catholic Drive Time. We'll be right back. Share us with a friend. Critics often accuse Christians of being intolerant for saying a person's belief is wrong. The underlying assumption being that a tolerant worldview accepts everyone's opinions as having equal value. What can we say in response? Well, first, the objection wrongly assumes that tolerance means accepting everyone's opinions as having equal value. The true meaning of tolerance is respecting a person's dignity even though you think he's wrong. We're labeled as intolerant for saying someone is wrong, but yet saying someone is wrong belongs to the essence of tolerance. Second, the charge applies a double standard. The objector says the Christian is being intolerant for saying someone's belief is wrong, but yet in doing so, the objector necessarily implies the Christian's belief is wrong. 
and thus is being intolerant according to his own standards. So the charge from intolerant is simply confused and inconsistent. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. We're currently cruising at 39,000 feet. We'll turn that seatbelt sign off for you and let you move about the cabin. Looks like we're about two hours and ten minutes from landing. Plenty of time for you to do some Bible reading. Wouldn't it be great if everyone read the Bible regularly? Why not start today? A friendly suggestion from Guadalupe Radio Network. be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Coming up at 35 past the hour, we're going to have a conversation. It's kind of a follow-up to our conversation with Pavel on Friday, the Russian dissident living in uh, the UK. That was an interesting conversation. Well, today we have Mr. Julio Laredo coming up again at 35 past this hour to talk about Our Lady Fatima and Russia, that connection. You know, she called for the total consecration of Russia, and we want to talk about, okay, well, did that happen? What were the fruits? What is, what is the situation, the moral code in Russia today? What is the uh, motivations behind Putin from a Catholic perspective? Mr. Julio Laredo from the TFP is going to be our guest to discuss that here in just a little while, so stick around for that. But there are, as I say, several stories in the news that are of great concern to me, and I'm sure they are to you. Here's a story that came out, I think on Friday I mentioned it. I didn't have a chance to jump into it. But uh, this is out of the Catholic Sentinel. The headline goes, Pro-life curbs, preser- pro-life curbs preserved, but Planned Parenthood still gets millions in massive spending bill. Rudy has covered this in the headline news as well. I mean, essentially, is a lot of pro-life organizations are very, you know, pleased to know that in this big, huge one point, was it five trillion dollars uh, government spending package? Yes, the Hyde Amendment's there and other things, but there are some still c- some grave concerns, and we want to jump into that a little bit here. The, uh, the article goes like this. While the new $1.5 trillion spending bill for the federal government promises to place millions into the pockets of Planned Parenthood, pro-life leaders are still celebrating it as a victory. That is because it includes the Hyde Amendment. First introduced in 1976, the once bipartisan Hyde Amendment prohibits federal funding, taxpayer dollars, from going toward abortion, with the exceptions of rape, incest, incest, or to save the life of the mother. The budget provision or rider approved annually by Congress largely impacts Medicaid recipients. Quote, March for Life applauds the pro-life senators who successfully fought and voted to maintain all legacy pro-life riders, including the Hyde Amendment in the $1.5 trillion government spending bill. Close quote, Jeannie Mancini, president of the pro-life group, responded in a statement. A growing number of Democrats, including President Joe Biden, have called for an end to the Hyde Amendment. After decades of backing Hyde, Biden switched his position while running for president. More recently, he made headlines in May after eliminating the provision from his final budget request to Congress for the 2022 fiscal year. Biden's action came after the Congressional Pro-Choice Caucus, the Democrat Women's Caucus leaders, and other lawmakers urged him in a letter to end the Hyde Amendment 
and other pro-life policies. In January, 181 pro-life members of the House of Representatives joined in a letter promising to vote against any appropriations or spending bill that did not include pro-life provisions such as Hyde. Praise be to God. Even though funding in the new massive government spending bill is generally blocked from going toward abortion, it can still benefit abortion groups, pro-life leaders cautioned. With the bill, quote, abortion businesses, including Planned Parenthood, stand to receive millions, close quote, Mancini told CNA, through the more more than $286 million allocated for Title X family funding. While Planned Parenthood, the nation's largest abortion provider, cannot place the funding toward abortion, pro-life groups frequently make the case that receiving funds for certain services can free up other money for abortion. I mean, once you put it in the bank, yeah, okay, sure, it's going to keep the electricity bill paid. Uh Uh-huh. But that just means they can keep doing abortions. That's all that means. So default, de facto, is it is providing for abortions. Article goes on to say, in addition to the Title X funding to keep the lights on at Planned Parenthood, Rep. Chip Roy from Texas previously told the Daily Wire that the massive spending bill includes $575 million of your hard-earned money for family planning internationally, $32.5 million for the abortion-friendly United Nations Population Fund, and $200 million for Biden's Gender Equity and Equality Action Fund, close quote. Well, that's interesting because, you know, Catholic president and all, why would he be supporting some of these things? This is horrendous. I don't understand why this why this is going on. But, of course, our votes, right? Like, we vote. And what changes? Planned Parenthood has received billions of dollars no matter who's in the White House. Now, I agree. Trump did a much better job of this. Praise be to God. We need, uh, we need another uh, time in our country, where our government will stand up for the dignity of human life and no longer put your and my hard-earned tax dollars that we are paying to support our country to support this type of, of evil. It really is just evil, let alone think about the impact of the economy. I mean, we're living in a time where your gas is now record high. It's never been this high before. The prices at the grocery store, they are going up right now. And it's going to affect every aspect of your life. Because gas, I mean, if it the way it gets to your house is by a plane, a boat, a truck, a train, all of call, all require gas and it's going to affect you in a big way. And yet we still feel the need to not cut back on these types of areas. Let alone like we're giving, you know, Billions of dollars to the Ukraine fund as well. The uh, article goes on to say, Biden recently described his administration's national strategy on gender equity and equality as, quote, an ambitious agenda to support women and families through both domestic and foreign policy, close quote. It also promises to protect safe and legal abortion. There you go. Uh, Catholic Joe Biden. The article says the 2,741 bill, uh, page bill, which the U.S. House first passed Wednesday, now goes to President Biden's desk to be signed into law. The omnibus, a, consul, a consul, consolidation of spending bills for the fiscal year 2022, enables the U.S. government to continue running. It includes a slew of other unrelated bills this year, provides $13.6 billion in emergency aid for the Ukraine crisis. Well... I mean, 2,741 pages. How long do you think that would take to read, Rudy? Sorry, my mic is off. <laughs> I, I can't even get through five pages. I'm, I mean, I'm joking. I, I wonder. Long time. 
I wonder how many of these congressmen have actually read the bill. Probably. I mean, honestly, who has the time? Well, that's what that's what Nancy Pelosi said. She said, you know, we got to pass it to know what's in it. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> oh, she said that about the uh, Obamacare Act. Forgive me. That was also like several thousand pages long. Exactly. I mean, we, maybe I got an idea. Let's force Adrian to read these things that's before a, they're passed. Because hmm. he reads pretty fast. Seems reasonable. Yeah. So, Adrian, from now on, you must read every single piece of legislation before the House votes on it. I had to do that, uh, not for legislation, but I had to do uh, case briefs in college. So Did you really? Yeah. So, I mean... It's I can't be, it's imagine. It's a pain in the rear. It's like, horrible. By page 10, it'd be such a snoozer. I yeah, mean, maybe. By page <laughs> 1, it'd be a snoozer. What are we talking about? <laughs> maybe that's why it's going to take 75 years to no, well, the Pfizer docs. I forgot, I forgot who it was. It might have been Ted Cruz who came out saying that he wanted to put a legislation through that basically says something along the lines of, like, no uh, document submitted for vote can be longer than, like, three pages. Right. Because yeah, it's absurd. Like they, they do the, – yeah, it got killed. They, they obviously didn't get to go through. Clearly, it didn't go through. Clearly. Um, but this is this is a very important point. It sounds like just something frivolous, something like, oh, people complaining about long pages. But, but this is actually yeah. very important because the, what they do is they create these massive documents – they vote on it within 48 hours, right. and then uh, nobody has time to read 100 pages yeah. in 48 hours exactly. on top of everything else so they're, they're doing, doing in their time. They're voting party lines. And they're voting party yeah. lines, and they're able to stuff things in there that exactly. nobody knows what's in it. Yes. You People might have a general idea of what the main points are, but there can be secret things that are just shoved inside exactly. that are funding random things that like are doing labs, who knows instance. what. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yep. So they just throw this stuff on there and nobody knows because nobody's checked because nobody has time. It's impossible. It's a rigged game in the in the end. And that's how we spend millions of dollars going towards abortion and other issues that we as Catholics are are not happy about. We take exception. We find that these things are moral evils and we shouldn't be participating in them. And yet our tax dollars are going to these things. It is a very great concern. And we must pray fast and do penance for this. Let me go to this story real quick. LifeSite News reports FDA-approved Pfizer vaccine despite 42,000 adverse events in the first three months, according to a prominent U.K. doctor. And I also saw a report on this this morning coming out of Epic Times. Uh, um, what's his name over there from Facts Matter? Uh, Roman. I can't remember his last name. Roman is his first name. He does a show called Facts Matter on, on YouTube. He covered this as well. He listed 158,000 uh, adverse effects. Some are, are pretty minimal and some are more serious. But Pfizer, as you said, Rudy, has begun the process of rele- relinquishing their documents. They were ordered. Didn't you report on this? They, they yeah, were ordered by month. a judge to release all the documents. They wanted 75 years. Right. So they could go through and, uh, you know, block out all the stuff you didn't want you to know. Yeah. And uh, it turns out that wasn't going to be, you know, possible. So they Fast forward everything, and they said, get it done, right. give us all the docs. So there is a document, and I have a copy of the PDF here, and uh, we can link to it if you wish, if you want it. It's also linked up on this LifeSite News article. You can find the document. You can go through this. It's a 38-page document, a lot less than the spending bill document, <laughs> so it's more manageable. But it's filled with sort of jargon, and you have to like kind of weed through like the methodology and all this stuff. And... And at the end of the day, here's let me read the article to you, and then I'll, I'll summarize that. It says, Dr. John Campbell, known in the U.K. for his public support of ivermectin as a medically proven effective early treatment for COVID-19, went on YouTube yesterday to break down the newly released Pfizer documents concerning the safety of its COVID vaccine. The documents were released after a Freedom of Information Act 
uh, request was granted in a federal district court in Texas. They include records of adverse events associated with Pfizer vaccine from December the 1st, 2020 through February 28th, 2021, totaling 42,086 adverse events in the first three months of the vaccine campaign. Of these, there were 1,223 deaths in this report. Countries reporting adverse events included the United States, United Kingdom, Germany, Italy, France, Spain, Portugal, and 53 other countries. The number of vaccine administered during the same period, however, seems to have been redacted in the published report, making it impossible to establish the ratio of adverse events to vaccines administered in the relevant time period of the first three months of the Pfizer rollout. Why wouldn't you tell us how many you've given? Why is that information redacted? It makes very little sense to me. You know, uh, maybe there was a ton, and therefore this ratio between the number of vaccines given and the adverse effects is rather small. I mean, we would know that if you told us, but what would motivate you not to tell us how many vaccines had been given out during this three-month period? Unless that ratio is large and you wouldn't want us to know that. I wonder. Makes me wonder. Article goes on to say, in spite of presumably having the data of the report available August the 21st, 2021, acting FDA Commissioner Janet Woodcock, MD, gave a positive judgment of the risk benefit analysis for the Pfizer vaccine, stating, quote, while millions of people have already safely received COVID-19 vaccines, we recognize that for some, the FDA approval of a vaccine may now instill additional confidence to get vaccinated. Close quote. This led to the formal FDA approval of the Pfizer vaccine. And again, it's linked up there. So here's the bottom line. What's this report say? In spite of the deaths and the the huge number of adverse effects, this report says in its summary, everything's good to go. We're going to continue on the way we are. That's exactly what the report says. You can read it for yourself and uh, make your own conclusions, I suppose. But guess what? They're calling for a fourth booster now. We'll see what the FDA does. More Breaking news and stories are headed your way, plus Mr. Julio Laredo on Fatima and Russia. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say that we should stop opposing things like abortion and homosexual unions because there's simply nothing we can do about it? You can't prevent that stuff. It's inevitable. So just accept it. Well... G.K. Chesterton says the other word for inevitability is impenitence. We have let ourselves be dominated by the notion that there's no turning back. This idea is rooted in materialism and the denial of free will. Now this modern refusal to undo what has been done is not only an intellectual fault, it is a moral fault also. It is not merely our mental inability to understand the mistake we have made. It's also our spiritual refusal to admit that we have made a mistake. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org Looking for a Catholic university where the greatest works of Western and Catholic tradition are the foundation for learning, all in an environment that is faithful to the magisterium? Recommended by the Cardinal Newman Society, the University of Dallas offers an exceptional liberal arts education, preserving the wisdom of the past while preparing students for the world-changing futures. Academically excellent, always faithful. Apply today at udallas.edu. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And now more headlines. 
One American News reports Russia seeks military equipment from China after Ukraine invasion. U.S. officials say that Russia has asked China for military equipment since its February 24th invasion of Ukraine. Beijing has not condemned Russia's attack and does not call it an invasion and has urged a negotiated solution. The unidentified U.S. officials did not state the kind of weaponry that had been requested or how China had responded, however. And Breitbart News reports, man arrested in connection to West Point cadets drug overdoses. The Broward County Sheriff's Office arrested one Axel Giovanni Cassius, who's 21 years old, on Friday in connection with drug overdoses of six cadets from West Point Military Academy. The arrest came after all four students ingested, well, actually, the, the arrest came after four male students ingested fentanyl-laced cocaine and two other males who were overcome after trying to provide mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation. One female on the scene was also hospitalized. The AP reports Uber charging customers new fuel fee for rides and delivery. Citing record high gasoline prices, Uber is charging customers a new fuel fee to help offset costs for ride hail and delivery drivers. The temporary surcharge will be either 45 cents or 55 cents for each Uber trip and either 35 cents or 45 cents for each Uber Eats order depending on the location. All the money will go directly to the drivers. And the Washington Examiner reports Vermont priests removed after rejecting COVID-19 directive. Father Williams was, an outs was outspoken about the directive sent by Bishop Coyne, telling priests and deacons that they would either, either have to receive a COVID-19 vaccine or wear a mask and get tested every other week. After refusing the directive, Bishop Coyne informed him he had 14 days to comply or he would be suspended. He cited a canon, a canon in law, like he cited a canon in canon law that had all the penalties from being suspended to being dismissed as a priest and even excommunicated, said Father Williams, who was removed from his post. And those are your headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. I just want to say thank you again to Agnes and Monica and Mike Kay for taking over our weekend, offering their prayer, fasting, and penance for our intentions on our 2022 Lenten campaign, praying for the conversion of ardent sinners and heretics, right, blasphemers, um, these people we tend to forget because they tend to be people we don't like. <laughs> we have issues with these people. We don't like what they're doing. It's harming the body of Christ. And, uh, and so we tend not to put too much into it, right? But Our Lady of Fatima has called us to pray for these people, to pray for their, their conversion, to do what we can at least. Uh, that's part of being the church militant. And, uh, and so we're doing that. And Agnes and Monica and uh, Mike did that over the weekend. They offered their prayer, fasting, and penance for this intention, as well as peace in the world. But today, uh, thank you to Matthew uh, Spiel Dinner for covering our day today. We're very grateful. If you, my dear listener, want to participate in this, if you would like to take a day and offer your prayer, fasting, and penance and join us in our our intentions for Lent this year, you can still do that. You can go to our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT, and you can see the calendar. There's an actual link at the top of the page that says uh, CDT Lenten Campaign. Click that. It'll take you down. It'll show you, talk, tell you everything we're doing, why we're doing it, and then it has the calendar, and you can pick a day. You can send us an email and say, hey, put me on the calendar for, for this day, and, and we'll do that. We'd be very grateful to you. So God love you for it. You know, we're, we're trying to get Mr. Julio Laredo on the line right now. Um, to talk about the connection between Fatima and Russia. And over the weekend, I happened to watch this little documentary film. It was on Formed, and it was short, about 40 minutes or so. And it, it, was, it was interesting because it was an older documentary, and uh, it had gone back to, like, the 90s, right after the, the fall of the Soviet Union. 
And it was talking about that relationship with Russia. How did they perceive this? Now, it was clear that, in my opinion anyway, that this documentary was trying to play, can I say nicey-nice? Is that a, like a, an official description? They were trying to play nice, I think, a little bit. And that you had, to, you had like the rector of the shrine and you had like a North, Russian Orthodox priest. They were talking and it was jovial and it seemed friendly and, and it was great. And then they had this live television audience, one in Moscow or maybe it was St. Petersburg and one at Fatima. And then they were conversating about this. What does this all mean? And a lot of people try to spin this a little bit to say, when Our Lady said Russia, what she meant was the sins of mankind. And therefore the whole world. I mean, one cardinal actually said that in this documentary. And uh, look, listen, I don't want to get knee deep into the debate over whether or not the, the, the consecration actually worked or didn't work. That's not really my goal here or happened or not happened is better terminology. Rather, what I want to say is it's not exactly what Our Lady asked us to do. Mm-hmm. Like, irregardless, I get that Russia is on a map. And that is on the map of the whole world. And so, yeah, I understand that relationship. But Our Lady was very specific, especially to children who didn't even know what Russia was. The shepherd children thought Russia was a woman. They thought they mistook her. They thought this was a woman. They thought this poor Russia, this woman, she needs conversion. (laughs) I mean, like, I think it's kind of, it's innocent and cute, right? Like, like they were hoping to go find this Russia lady. To, we got to convert this woman, you know. Uh, they didn't realize it was a country, and they certainly didn't realize that this country was in turmoil uh, on the uh, on the verge of executing its czar and embracing communism. And I find that very fascinating. So our lo- our lady was very specific, and yet we didn't follow that specificity. Why not? Well, I think part of the reason is because we were trying to avoid the uncomfortableness of the political nature of this whole thing. You don't want to paint Russia in a certain light because, uh, especially because of the Russian Orthodox Church there. And uh, so Mr. Julio Laredo is supposed to be on with us, but we're, I don't know, we're ha- maybe, I think the daylight savings time might have been uh, the cause of our of our trouble. If he just does join us, we'll go straight to him. But I find it fascinating because he just gave a talk. It's on YouTube, and maybe Adrian can post a link to it on our social feed. So if you want it, you can find it on one of the live video feeds today in the comments section. But he gave this talk, and he covers this in such a great way. Like, okay, so one of the conversations when it comes to Vladimir Putin, and we we, we touched on this with Pavel on Friday just a little bit. I was trying to get Pavel, who was born and raised in Russia, stole documents that he uncovered about the the intentions of the— of Gorbachev and uh, Yeltsin and and all of these nefarious actors with the fall of the Soviet Union. And he ended up fleeing for, you know, for the UK so that his life wouldn't be in danger. And so it was an interesting conversation. What motivates Putin? Well, Mr. Laredo in his talk, he basically said he sees himself as the new czar. He is the new czar of the Russian empire. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, that mindset never left the Russian people, even though they executed their own czar, destroyed their own churches. They never stopped thinking of themselves as like the empire. And he makes the point that a strong man has to be in charge of Russia all the time. Have you? Did you watch the talk? I did. I watched the intro to that. And that's actually a good point that he brought up that I, that I thought is a, a very interesting is that 
you know, we as the West want to install democracy everywhere that we go. We want to install this this republic system that we're so used to, and we think it's the greatest thing. But yeah, with two thousand seven hundred page bills that never get read. <laughs> exactly, it's a great idea. But there's other far reaching area of, or far reaching countries that don't really want that. They they look to their leaders as strong leaders, and they want one yeah. particular person in charge. And mm-hmm. and Mr. L- Mr. Loretto is his name, right? He yeah. uh, he talks about how Russia wants that in a leader. They want one strong yeah. person. Yeah, they're used to it. Yeah. And, uh, and they, they like it. They want it. In fact, I, I've been spending a lot of time watching these. I said this before. I think I said this last week. Watching these, these YouTube channels coming out of Russia. There's one channel. I think it's called 1420. And it's young people that are behind the channel. And they go out in the street and they ask Russians questions. What do you think about Putin? What do you think about the special military operation? What do you think about X, Y, or Z? And they just interview a lot of different people. And so you're getting the opinions of street people in Russia. And I find it fascinating on a number of levels. One is because when you ask things like about, what do you think about Vladimir Putin? You can see, and a lot of them, they're like, whoa, they got to be careful. (laughs) They can't just say what's on their mind. They have to say, some of them don't care and they'll say exactly what they think. But a lot of people were like, yes, Putin is the best. You know, (laughs) like very kind of in a strange way. They'll ask about, what do you think about... uh, the uh, the new law that is but throwing people in prison if they if they try to f- spread false information about I what wonder, the government I saw a video this past weekend of a man on the street he was interviewing people he was in the red square i think and he was asking this woman you know well what do you think about the the war and she says well i have two words to say about the war and she like gets the the words out and as soon as she <laughs> she says that she says wait a minute Am I arrested? And and he tells her, yeah, pretty much you're arrested. And somebody comes in, they grab her. Oh, they put her in the bus. That's and then horrible. this other lady comes up and she says, um, what are you interviewing people about? And he says, well, I'm just asking about, you know, what people think about X, Y, and Z, about the war, about Russia, da, da, da. And she says, oh, okay, well, uh, in that case, I'd like to tell you what I think. She says, you know, I don't think it's it's appropriate. And then immediately she gets arrested. It's oh, crazy. That is crazy. It left That's like terrible. a pit in my stomach yes, thinking about that. That is, it is insane. There's one other uh, vlogger, YouTuber guy from uh, from Moscow, and he is constantly trying to ride this line. He's trying to be extremely careful about everything he says. He's begging the viewers in the comments, please do not say something to get me arrested. <laughs> you know, so that it's very precarious. And uh, Mr. Laredo, I want to get we're gonna we're up against a break here in a moment, and hopefully we'll get him on. But otherwise, I want to tell you about his talk because he gets into some points in connection to Fatima, and he has spent uh, a lot of time in Russia actually. Uh, that's why we wanted him on. If we don't get him on today, we will certainly work on getting him on again to have this conversation. But his talk was really amazing. It's linked up on our, our YouTube feed today and on our Facebook and on Odyssey and on Rumble and on wherever. So you can find all those links if you're interested to listen to this talk for yourself because it is very good. Go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Go to our live stream and right underneath our live stream embedded on our website is the links to all the other live streams. grnonline.com forward slash CDT. We'll be right back. More is coming up next. The devil's third temptation for Jesus in the wilderness is doubt. He leads Jesus to Jerusalem, the city where he will soon be rejected and crucified. There he made him stand on the edge of the temple roof and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from there. Then, flipping the script, he tries to trap Jesus with some scripture quoting of his own, and says, For it is written, He will command the angels to guard you. With their hands they will support you, lest you dash your foot against a stone. 
But Jesus, again quoting from Deuteronomy, knowing he's trying to make him doubt God's care, rebukes him by saying, It also says, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Jesus is referring back to the times the Israelites were tempted in Exodus. Lent is like a mini-Exodus leading us to the victory of Easter. We must also keep God as our refuge and fortress, in whom we trust to see us to victory. This is Matt Maloney from KnowTheFaith.net. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McLean. It's good to be on with you. We were supposed to be conversating with Mr. Julio Laredo from Fatima, or from uh, TFP, about Fatima and Russia, but daylight savings time. Hashtag, ugh. The worst. It throws us off. (laughs) He's in Rome. Rome doesn't change time. You see? Okay, anyway, we'll we'll rebook him. But let me just discuss this uh, interview or this talk that he gave to... The American TFP and the student action, which was really good. Again, we've linked to it on our so, our live video feeds today. So getting into, he too uh, tries to avoid the whole debate raging within the Catholic Twitter sphere about whether or not, and inspired, I'm your host. Uh, hey now, whether or not uh, the, the actual uh, consecration of Russia actually happened or not. He's like, listen, that's, that's just a waste of time debating that. Let's focus on the impact and the effects. Was Russia converted is the question. And I know that there are many conservatives, Catholics, who are conservative in their politics. And uh, as I'm a conservative in my politics, for sure. I'm sure you already knew that. But they think of Putin. I can't tell you how many times I've seen this on social media. Putin is the great Constantine of our time, saving us from the debauchery of the West. Why can't our country leaders be like Putin? I've seen that so many times. Well, is that what's going on? Well, Pavel on Friday pointed out that this is not the case. You can't trust Putin for this very reason. He has nefarious activities. I mean, after all, a colonel in the KGB, uh, well, you can take the boy out of the KGB, but maybe you can't take the KGB out of the boy, right? Uh, we know that. But as Mr. Julio Laredo talks about in this talk that we were going to conversate with him about, he says, well, look at the evidence. And he's been there many times. He's seen this firsthand. Uh, church attendance is not good in in. Russia, he says. He says abortion, it's the most, as Pavel confirmed this on Friday as well, it's the most liberal abortion laws in the world. And Putin made them even more liberal. Uh, Just recently, he said, according to Mr. Julio Laredo, homosexuality, he says, even though Putin uh, opposes it for children, he does not do anything to oppose it in society for adults. Uh, Alcoholism, sky sky high. It's not gone down. Materialism, this is one of the things that I've been picking up. Now, I never thought of Russia as like a, I I never thought of it as like a backwards uh, medieval fiefdom. Like I never thought of people wearing, you know, uh, no barefoot and torn up clothes and living in poverty. I never thought of them that way ever. I don't think about medieval that way either. But I'm I'm trying to make the, I'm trying to (laughs) make a point in that I never thought thought of them as just this like a, 
dark age-like society. I never. However, I also never thought of them like us with shopping malls and materialism. And, and I don't know why I never thought this. I, 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 I'm not making excuses. I just, I'm just being honest. I never really thought about it. And then I started watching all these vloggers, and they're like, I'm like, these people are just like us. I mean, they're exactly like we are. They're as materialistic as we are. In fact, they lament that McDonald's has abandoned them. They lament that Ikea's <laughs> packing up shop. They like these stores. They want this stuff. They, they are as material as we are. And on that 1420 YouTube channel mm -hmm. that I was watching, the young people, they look exactly like the young people today on our streets in America. What do I mean by that? As material, as secular, as center-left as we are. I, I didn't see much difference. The older they got, maybe the more conservative they were, but the younger people looked exactly like young people you find on college campuses all across our country. Now, let me be the devil's advocate here. Okay. Do you think that is a result of Western influence? Of course. Because I think about Mexico, and uh, one of the things that, that surprised me as a, you know, a young, a young, when I was younger and I would go to Mexico with my mom to visit uh, was that the young people in Mexico always look to the United States, especially pop culture and all yeah. that stuff, yeah. to to form their their you know their ideas of the I world, know. et cetera. It's crazy. So I wonder how much Western influence has to do with yeah. uh, with Russia right I now. I think it's a lot personally. I mean, once the fall of the Soviet Union took place, it they were not in a good place uh, as a country. Obviously, they had to pick up the pieces and rebuild. Now they were a, a democracy, mm -hmm. even though Putin's been in charge for twenty years. <laughs> uh, uh, but so they could have all, so all these countries were pouring into the, to Russia because it's a new market. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, the Western countries came pouring in because there was people to sell to. There's a hilarious, uh, hilarious Pizza Hut commercial <laughs> <laughs> with uh, with Gorbachev in it. It's very, very weird. But Gorbachev. Uh, yeah, they, they wanted to have all the uh, the nice American companies. Yes, for sure. Yeah, they do. McDonald's. And it, there's been celebrities that have done uh, American celebrities, actors, athletes who have done commercials in Russia. And it's funny to watch that stuff. It's hilarious. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't fault them for wanting to shop at nice stores. That's not what I'm trying to say here. What I'm saying is. Have they been converted? And again, as Mr. Julio Lareda points out, church attendance is terrible there. Uh, abortion is off the charts. Homosexuality is rampant. Alcoholism is off the charts. Materialism. And then he also points out, how do they treat Catholics, right? And he points out the, the, the issues that the Russian Orthodox Church has with the Catholic Church, the Roman Catholic Church, right? And how they are not allowed to have, for instance, the facade of, of Latin Rite Catholic churches have to be built in such a way as to mask what they really are. Only Russian Orthodox churches are really allowed to look like churches from the outside. He says there are exceptions, the cathedral in St. Petersburg, things like that, They're, they allow those exceptions, but your average parish can't look like a church on the outside. He, he talks about how they would go on, uh, do these, they take the Our Lady of Fatima statue on these pilgrimages there and these marches and these rosary rallies. None of that's allowed. You're not allowed to have rosary rallies there. Uh, you're not allowed to have those processions there. Those things, these things aren't allowed there. They do not treat Catholics well. There is a stigma against treating Catholics um, well in Russia. And I wonder, I would love to see, I would love to see that YouTube channel ask those lay folk, those people on the street, how do you think about 
you know, Roman Catholics. I would love to see what they would say about mm-hmm. that. So he also points out, Mr. Laredo does, points out how the, uh, the uh, patriarch, Krill, had his beginnings in the KGB. And they were, he was colleagues with Vladimir Putin. And they both knew each other in the KGB. And Pavel pointed this out, and now Mr. Julio Laredo has also pointed this out. The cooperation between church and state goes back to imperialism. Goes back to the time of the czar, when you had one strong man in charge of the whole country, and the church must cooperate with that plan. It's one united uh, effort and entity there. So it's very fascinating to see that if Russia was, in fact, consecrated, and again, above my pay grade to know one way or the other, I won't know this side of the heavenly veil, and that's okay. It's not mine to know. However, if we look at the actual facts on the ground, it doesn't look good. It just doesn't look good. Even Mr. Laredo also pointed out how church attendance was better in the Ukraine. I keep saying the Ukraine. The Ukraine. The Ukraine. <laughs> I was thinking about that on the way into work today. Sidetrack. Uh, we say the United States all the time. Yeah, I think you're saying we, the Ukraine But we also fine. don't say the United Kingdom. You mean these? The France. We United don't say States? that. These what? These United States. These United States. I guess that's the proper way to do it. But so, but for whatever reason, it stuck in my head to say the Ukraine. I think it's because fine. it's the borderline. <laughs> it's because uh, the word the word Ukraine uh, is actually translates to borderland, borderland. and so they were because uh-huh. it is the land that bordered everyone else. Nice. So they call it the borderland. So the Ukraine. Well, I feel better now. Okay, so that you're giving we need, me a pass. Uh, the Ukraine. The south of the border of the United States. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> you know, so I find it very fascinating. This great this talk was very good, uh, very insightful, very well put together. Good and, production, too. Yes, yeah, so and now I Beautiful encourage production. everybody to check it out. We've linked to it in our social feeds, and you ought to check it out. But ultimately, what, what's the takeaway here? Um, well, Our Lady Fatima made that clear, that as, as lay folk, like, we can't, we're not in charge. Like, what happens at the Vatican, like, scandal or whatever, financial, sexual, otherwise, that's above my pay grade. No one at the Vatican is calling me up asking me my opinion of anything, right? They're not asking you your opinion of anything. So what can we do? As laity, we can live in a state of grace, right? We can help our friends and family get to heaven, to also live in a state of grace. We can share the good news with as many people as the Lord allows us to. We can be an instrument in the hand of the Holy Ghost for his glory and for the salvation of souls. And ultimately, that is our vocation. That is our task. You know, going back to something you said a minute ago, Rudy, about Mexico. I've said this for years now. People come to our country in droves. I mean, two million in the last year, something like that, Mm -hmm. come across our border illegally and illegally. They come to our country. Why? Because it, it offers hope. It offers uh, opportunity that they don't otherwise get to enjoy. But what happens? The vast majority of those immigrants, some of which are faithful Catholics, some of which have strong family values. They love our Lord and Our Lady. They love Holy Mother Church. They pray their rosary. They go to Mass faithfully. But they come here and their kids go to our public schools. They dress like us. They act like us. They talk like us. They become as secular as we are. We aren't converted or transformed by the faithfulness of those immigrants. And some, some aren't. There's a lot that aren't. I, I agree. I grant that. But in general, coming to our country means to, to come, generally speaking, become secular. And that's not going to help us. 
That's going to harm us. Imagine if it were the other way around. Imagine if it was Our Lady of Guadalupe who transformed the, uh, the continent, not just Mexico, but the continent. And those people were fervent and on fire for Holy Mother Church. And they came to our country and they spread that. Imagine what would happen then. And I think that's part of the issue of spreading our version of things around the world. It's a very secular version of things. It could be great. It could be great. It could be great when coupled with truth. And that truth is a person. And that person is Jesus Christ. Amen? So we're going to continue to pray for the Russia-Ukraine situation. Pray especially for the conversion of Russia. Let's see a turnaround here for the salvation of souls. That's many souls that might go to hell if no one prays for them, as Our Lady Fatima has asked us to do. So that's what we're doing during this holy season of Lent. We encourage you to join us for that. But that's going to do it for hour number one. Now tomorrow, so Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Adrian and I will not be here, but Rudy will be hanging out with you for the next three days. So uh, it's going to be some great content. Hopefully you'll stick around for that. But if you can join us in the next hour, we'd love to have you. Just go to grnonline.com forward slash cdt to get the live video streams. Hang out with us, comment with us. We're going to have a great show, and we're going to get prizes out in the next hour. You could do that at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Thank you, Matthew, for suffering for us and our intentions today. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Hey, Donnie, who were the first two people God created? Adam and Eve. There you go. And what did we inherit from them? Original sin. As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on. St. Benedict sees patience as a way we really participate in the sufferings of Christ. One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey. Patience is an important virtue in the life of a Benedictine monk. In the rule of St. Benedict, he asks us to bear each other's infirmities. Not only infirmities that take the form of physical illness, which is easy to understand, but those infirmities that are psychological and spiritual, too. St. Benedict also asks us to put up with the weaknesses we all have. Whether it's my abbey or your family, there are many opportunities for patients when living with others in community. For your free copy of The Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com, O-N-E-MinuteMonk.com. What a difference it would make if we bore the weaknesses of others with patience and saw them as invitations to immerse ourselves in the love with which Christ bore his sufferings. 
Your Odyssey begins at the University of Dallas, the premier Catholic liberal arts university in Texas. With campuses in Irving and Italy, UD's rigorous core curriculum sets it apart. An education rooted in the great works of Catholic and Western tradition. An education that ennobles and enables students in their pursuit of wisdom, truth, and virtue. Undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs available. Start your college odyssey at the University of Dallas today. Go to udallas.edu to learn more. to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. It is Monday, March the 14th, 2022, and we're going to have a great program for you today. We just had a fun conversation about Our Lady of Fatima and Russia, reminding us to pray, to fast, to do penance. And I'm so grateful to everyone who has joined us in our 2022 Lenten campaign to pray, to fast, and to do, to do penance. Like uh, Agnes and Monica Cortez and Mike Kay, our friend from Virginia, who offered their weekend praying and fasting and doing penance for us and for our intentions to uh, try to be an instrument in the conversion of grave sinners like heretics and blasphemers. But Matthew uh, Spieldinner, good morning to you. Thank you for being uh, our guy today, offering up your day for these intentions as well as peace in our world. So if you would like, dear listener, to be a part of the Pray, Fasting, and Penance campaign for 2022 Lent, well, you can go to our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Click on the 2022 Lenten Campaign link. You'll find all the information how you can pick a day. Uh, we're, we're, st- we're still taking people on, so please uh, do visit our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. You know what I love about Sundays? What? They're restful days. Oh, yeah. Ah, Did you rest? I napped. Oh, it was such a good nap. Great nap. Excellent. Like high quality, best of the best, grade A, primo. Naps. You didn't. You didn't wake up groggy. No, felt rested. It's, yeah, it was wow. so good. Praise God. So good. But then it was like almost six o'clock and two Ooh. hours from bedtime. <laughs> so Bad getting timing. back to bed was hard. Bad timing. <laughs> what did you do over the weekend? Uh, you know, I didn't make it to the rodeo. It was just. It was oh, too much traffic. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, too much traffic, and it's too hard on the baby. So uh, we ended up staying home and we watched uh, the Sound of Music, which is the first really? time I ever seen that movie. Really. And I, I would. That was the first time. That was the first time for me. You making that up? First time for me. I don't like musicals, but I got to say that movie was incredible. It was good. I didn't like the ending. Just spoiler alert. Close your ears if you haven't seen it. Uh-oh. Uh I I didn't think <laughs> it they wrapped out. it up very well. I think they kind of left you on a cliffhanger there. And have you oh, well. seen? Okay, if you've not seen that one, then you haven't seen the the actual original film, which is before that one. There's oh. the original was in German. Yeah, no, I haven't seen the original. With, uh, with German actors, and it was very good. Mm-hmm. It was, I mean, my family loved that. It was fantastic. And then, because of that film, they made the Hollywood English version. Oh, wow. Yeah. Julianne. Beautiful film. Yeah, great. And the fact, I mean, Marie von Trapp, she, talk about 
excellent Catholic. Yeah. It's hard to get better than her. She's got a great liturgical living book I found out, too. Yes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Speaking of heavy traffic, Adrian Fonseca's here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. Is it? It is. Praise despite be to God. Uh, despite the fact that Mr. Laredo just sent me an email and said uh, that he'll be on five minutes early so we can uh, oh. just, uh, just <laughs> hey now. And, hey uh, and I'm like, uh, I apologize, Mr. Laredo. I told you the, the wrong time in mm. Rome time. I forgot we had uh, daylight savings on our end. So uh, we will definitely yikes. look at the calendar and get him back on yikes. for another date. Yikes. Yeah, yikes is right. So <laughs> this is, I apologize. This is mea culpa. This was, uh, <laughs> this was my fault. Mea culpa, mea culpa, mea maxima culpa. Ooh. Well, uh, Christopher Chance is already leaning in with, uh, I am not a fan of Sound of Music. Yikes. Yikes. Hmm. Yikes. <laughs> he says, after reading the autobiography of Maria Von Trapp. By the way, we'll conversate with you for just a little while anyway in the after show today. It ha it's the second half of this hour where we stay on the live video streams and hang out and you get to conversate. You get to drive that conversation with whatever you want. Comments, questions, whatever. That's what we talk about. It's always fun. And I encourage you to be a part of it. So just go to our website. You can find the, all the live video links there. We're on YouTube. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on uh, Rumble. We're on Odyssey. We're on LinkedIn. Everywhere. Go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT to find the live video links right there. All right. Praise be to God. I want to again thank you, Matthew, for taking today in the campaign. We're going to do a good news story. We're going to do Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day, and then we're going to have a game show. And today is unique. This week is unique because tomorrow, Adrian and I aren't going to be here. Adrian and I are gone for Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. We're not here. Rudy Carlos is going to be left here all by himself to man the fort, to run the ship, and uh, whatever other metaphor and analogy I can come up with. <laughs> so uh, quarterback, I, I don't even know. I, I'm giving up already. <laughs> so, are you ready, Rudy? I'm ready. I'm excited for it. Uh, it's a little nerve wracking because there's production involved, but I'm excited to have my good buddy Jordan on yeah. uh, from the Glad Tread podcast. We have a podcast together. So we're, we're looking forward to spending some time with you. Praise be to God. Yeah. So uh, because of that, though, we have decided how this, how this is how it affects the game show. Are you ready? Okay. So today... We are going to give out prizes today. So whoever calls wins prizes today. Now, I know it's spring break, and maybe a lot of people aren't here because they're off in Jamaica, or I don't even know where you go on spring break. But maybe you're not here. But for whoever is here, if you call, you get to win prizes. It's that simple. We're going to do that today, and we're going to do that on Friday. We're going to give out prizes Friday as well. So if you'd like to win, just be the first caller when we give you the phone number, and you're probably just going to win. And now the sponsor is going to be the Catholic Drive Time team, which means we put a gift pack together for you to include the replica of the Coffee Cup of Divine uh, Providence, autographed <laughs> by all the team, by the way. And then, of course, we throw in books and, and other gift items. It's going to be an amazing pack, and you can win. So be sure, be ready to call. All right, time to pray. Let's jump in. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. May the most holy most sacred, most adorable, most incomprehensible and unutterable name of God be always praised, blessed, loved, adored, and glorified in heaven, on earth, and under the earth by all creatures of God and by the sacred heart of our Lord Jesus Christ in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your good news with Rudy Carlos. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And here is a story of a father's love. Epic Times reports wife is brought to tears when she sees family 
written inside her husband's hard hat. Jared and Jen met each other uh, 23 years ago at a local grocery store in South Carolina where they grew up. Jared worked part-time bagging groceries, and Jen kept finding excuses to go back to the store in the hopes that Jared would be the one to bag her items. Finally, Jen's best friend gave Jen's phone number to Jared, and he called her. Now married, the two are parents to six children. It's so much fun having a large family, Jen said. It certainly comes with its challenges, but we have an absolute blast together. Recently, when Jen borrowed Jared's truck to pick up a mattress set for their young son, she noticed her husband's hard hat overturned on the truck seat. Seeing something written inside it, she climbed up into the truck to get a closer look, and the word family was inscribed inside the hat with a sharpie. I had heard my husband talk about having his students write one word that motivates them inside their hard hats, but I never knew that he had written one also. So when I saw the word family, it brought tears to my eyes, Jen said. I think it was overwhelming for me because family isn't just a term my husband wrote in his hard hat and forgot about. It's how he lives his life every single day with his family at the center of everything he does. The training that Jared does takes his students away from their families for 15 weeks after which they begin their careers. This puts them through long hours in harsh environments and they thus need to remember who or what they are really working for. These guys sometimes find themselves wanting to give up and go home, he said. They may be exhausted, but when they take off their hard hat and see the words in there, they are reminded what they are working so hard for. And for Jared, the word family is a reminder that spurs him to strive forward through the long hours and hard work. And that's really good news. God love you. The saint of the day is Saint Mathilda. Saint Mathilda was the daughter of Theodoric, a Saxon count. At an early age, she was placed in the monastery of Erfurt under the care of Maud, her grandmother, who was abbess of the monastery which she had entered after the death of her husband. Here, St. Mathilda learned needlework and acquired the love of labor, prayer, and spiritual reading. She remained in the convent until her parents gave her in marriage in 913 to Henry the Fowler, so-called for his fondness for hawking. He became Duke in 916 on the death of his father, and in 919, he was chosen to succeed Conrad as King of Germany. The pious queen adorned the throne by her many virtues, and she visited and comforted the sick and the afflicted, instructed the ignorant, succored prisoners, and endeavored to convert sinners. And her husband concurred with her in her pious undertakings. After 23 years of marriage, a married life, King Henry died in 936. No sooner had he expired than she had a mass offered up for the repose of his soul, and from that moment, she renounced all worldly pomp. Of her three sons, Otho afterward became emperor. Henry was Duke of Bavaria, and St. Bruno edified the church as Archbishop of Cologne. Otho became king of Germany in 937 and 962. He was crowned emperor at Rome. In the con on the contest between her two sons, Otho and Henry, for the crown, which was elective, the queen favored the former. A fault she expiated by great suffering, for both of these sons subjected her to a long and cruel persecution. She died in 968. Saint Mathilda, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Luke chapter 6, verses 36 through 38. Jesus said to his disciples, Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Stop judging and you will not be judged. Stop condemning, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, 
and you will be forgiven. Give and gifts will be given to you. A good measure, packed together, shaken down and overflowing, will be poured into your lap. For the measure with which you measure will be measured out to you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. St. Cyril of Alexandria would say, He here expresses that worst inclination of our thoughts or our hearts, which is the first beginning and origin of a proud disdain. For although it becomes men to look into themselves and walk after God, this they do not. But look into the things of others, and while they forget their own passions, behold the infirmities of some, and make them the subject of reproach. Quote, quote, St. Cyril of Alexandria. Chrysostom, real quick, would say this, You will not easily find anyone, whether a father of a family or an inhabitant of a cloister, free from this error. But these are the wiles of the tempter, for he who severely sifts the faults of others will never obtain acquittal for his own. Close quote. St. Chrysostom, pray for us. What did you find, Adrian? Yes, uh, you know the saying, under promise and over deliver? Well, this is what Cornelius Lapide talks about today in his passage on verse 38 in regards to uh, giving. He says, give and it shall be given unto you. Many are lavish of their promises and few are liberal in their gifts. So what is he saying here? He's saying uh, many people will promise the world to people will say, oh, I'm going to give you this. I'm going to give you that. I'm going to, I promise I'm going to give X, Y, or Z. But very few of them are actually liberal in their gifts. Liberal meaning free. They are uh, giving freely of their gifts. Hence, Antigonus at Plutarch, at Plutarch tells us was commonly called Dosen because he was always ready to say, I will give, but never performed his promise of giving. Therefore, Christ bids us to give and give at once and without delay, and it shall be given to you. Why is this the case? Because oftentimes, whenever we say we're going to do something, and we may have every intention of doing it, and I am guilty of this too. I think of a number of times where I've said, okay, I'm going to donate to this cause, and then I wait, and then after a while, I'm like, you know what? Actually, I don't want to give to this cause, and I ended up not giving. Uh, why is that the case? Because we should, our Lord is telling us, we should give and give at once without delay. He goes on and says, For God puts it in the hearts of men amply to repay a liberal giver. It is said that a certain monastery became rich because of the large amount expended in charity, but that when these were withheld, it was reduced to poverty. When the steward was complaining of this to one whom he was entertaining, the guest said, Date and this say date and debitar are sisters. You cast out the former, and soon her sister and inseparable companion followed. If you wish the latter to return, recall the former and give as largely as you were accustomed to doing so. For almsgiving enriches and does not impoverish. Hence, St. John Chrysostom says, It is more profitable of all acts. And Christ has declared that the merciful are blessed, for they shall obtain mercy. This is very important that we remember this and think, whenever we are asked to give, let us give liberally. Let's give uh, freely, not worrying about our own uh, needs at all times. Of course, we have to take care of ourselves. We have to take care of our families. But whenever, if we have that money in our pockets and it is not a necessity, let us give freely. And with this emphasis on the fact that we are actually having a sheriff on next Monday or next Tuesday, rather. Uh, so uh, give and give liberally, if you know what I mean. So I think that's something to meditate on today.
Amen. Praise be to God. Well said. Okay, it is time to go to break. We're going to come back, and we're going to play our game, Fear and Trembling. And today, if you call, if you're the caller, you're going to win prizes. I'm almost, I can almost guarantee we're going to be shipping you a prize pack from Catholic Drive Time if you are the caller. So here's the deal. Ready? Here's the phone number, 877-757-9424. You have to be the first caller. First caller gets to be the contestant to play our game, but we're going to give the prizes today, and we'll give out more prizes on Friday, so it's a double. 877-757-9424. Call right now, 877-757-9424. Are there any basic rules for doing apologetics? 1 Peter 3.15 says, Always be prepared to make a defense. Always be prepared, Scripture tells us. How can we always be prepared to make a defense of our faith? Rule number one, pray. Pray to the Holy Spirit that He give you the courage to share your faith and the wisdom to choose your words carefully and profitably. Rule number two, you don't have to know everything right now. Learn a little bit more about your faith each and every day. Read scripture, read the catechism, listen to apologetics tapes, listen to Catholic radio, learn a little bit at a time. Rule number three, Luke 5 verse 10, do not be afraid, henceforth you will be catching men. Jesus said this to Peter, but he's also saying it to us. Will you make mistakes and get into tight spots when you start sharing your faith with others? Yes, of course you will. But Peter made mistakes and he got into tight spots. Yet Jesus told Peter not to be afraid. Why? Because if we are sincere in our desire to share the truth with others, to share Jesus Christ with others, then Jesus will find a way to make good come from even our mistakes. Rule number four, always view a question about your faith or even an attack on your faith as an opportunity, an opportunity to share the truth. Rule number five, don't get frustrated. Catholics often get frustrated by what I call the doctrinal dance. You get asked about purgatory, Mary, the Pope, sacraments, all in rapid fire succession. Before you can answer one question, you're asked another, then another. Just keep bringing the discussion back to one topic until you've said all you want to say, then move on. Rule number six, never be afraid to say, I don't know, when asked a question about your faith. Don't try to wing it. However, always follow I don't know with, but I will find out and get back to you and make sure you do. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling. The Catholic Trivia Game Share where we have secrets and agendas, but I can't tell you what those are because you're supposed to not tell anybody my secrets or my agenda. So I will, I'll, okay, that's the deal. I'll tell you, but you must promise me not to tell anybody else. There are a few things we like to do during the game show. Number one, we, we teach the faith, so we look for teachable moments in the questions where you might learn something that you did not know before. Praise be to God. How fun is that? And then, of course, we like to have a good time. We like to laugh, and, and uh, our callers are amazing. They're good sports. They laugh with us, and it's always a lot of fun. 
And then, of course, we give out prizes. And today, we're going to give out prizes. So whoever the caller is, they're almost guaranteed to get the prize pack today. We're going to give out prizes today. And we're going to give out prizes on Friday because it's a special week since Adrian and I are going to be gone for three days. Rudy is going to be here doing something special for the next three days. So it's a fun deal. It's a winner for everybody involved. But if you're new here, let me just explain something to you. We have three Catholic trivia questions in front of us, but uh, we do not ask our caller the questions. They don't need to know. They could not know a single correct answer and still win, because instead of asking them, I will ask Rudy and I will ask Adrian, one of which will be correct and the other will be incorrect. The caller will then have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Whomst do they trust more, Rudy or Adrian? And every correct answer goes into the actual, original, authentic coffee cup of Divine Providence to win this week's prize. What could they win, Rudy? Praise be to God. We are sponsoring the uh, the game show this week, but I, I have some bad news. We uncovered a devious plot uh-huh. to counterfeit the coffee cup of Divine Providence. What? We have... A ton of these things. So instead of destroying them, you can win one, and you're going to be so alert looking to the left and to the right what? once you drink your coffee from the trusty CDT mug that we're going to After send Lent, you. of course. After, well, for you, for you, Joe. <laughs> no Everybody else is. <laughs> we're also going to throw together some extra goodies for you, so look out for that. Praise be to God. We'll autograph that, that mug as well. That's right. Uh, the, the replica. Maybe you ought to not drink from that one, then, because you'll wash <laughs> it off with the, uh, the soap. No, permanent marker. We'll use permanent marker. All right. Okay. Praise be to God. We got a lot of calls this morning. Uh, thank you all for trying to call. If you don't make it, you could call back. Friday for sure, but maybe for the next, I don't know, you have to stick around for Rudy's version of the show, but let's go to the phones here. Uh, Father Mysterium, good morning to you. Good morning. Praise be to God, it is mystery, mystery guest, uh, Father Mysterium. Uh, are, are you a Catholic priest, Father? I, I am a Catholic priest, yes, from New Hampshire. Well, praise be to God, we are very grateful you are on our show, New Hampshire. I lived in New Hampshire 10 years, I became Catholic in the Granite State. What part of New Hampshire do you live in, Father? I'm down, well, I guess if I say that, then all my people are <laughs> well, You don't need to out yourself, Father. I'm not asking no, for that. Okay. They're, they're actually all at Mass right now. I'm down in Nashua, New Hampshire. Ah, I, well, that's, I started working and radioed in that area. I worked at WHOB 106.3 way back in 1997, so forever ago. Well, we're very glad well, they, you're on our program today, Father. Thank you for doing it. Well, we're glad that you're booming through the airwaves here in, in New England every single morning. Love your show. Thanks be to God. Yes, thanks be to God. All right, so then you must be familiar with the game show, Father, and I'll have to ask in advance for your pardon and uh, mea culpa, because one of the two guys is going to lie to you today. So No, I'm terrified that I'm going to get the answers wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's all hard question uh, Monday. Is it? I forgot that that was today. Yep. All <laughs> intensely difficult Thomistic questions true. Monday. Mm-hmm. You know, it mm-hmm. happens like once a quarter or something. All right, <laughs> Father, are you ready to play? I think so. Praise be to God. Uh, Father Mysterium is our guest, and this is going to be fun. We're going to start with Rudy, as is our custom, our tradition, our patrimony. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. Are you ready? I am so ready. So ready. Wow. Are you sure? Oh, yeah. I I couldn't I couldn't enjoy my weekend. I I was thinking about the game show the whole time. I was so excited. Are you sure? I'm so 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 sure. Rudy, can you tell me a feast day and its seven following days are called what? A feast day and seven following days is known as an eight pack. 
You know, you can go to the store and get <clears throat> sorry, a six pack. Sorry. But this is an extra bonus. Yeah, you wow. get two cans for free. Really? I, ne pack. I never had wow. morning allergies when I lived in New Hampshire. Somehow right? I do now. I just, I, I just, yeah, sparked that. I'm huh. not sure why. An eight pack, you an say? An eight pack. An eight pack. That's you correct. Say. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Sounds reasonable, I suppose. <laughs> hey, uh, Rudy, let's get a second opinion, Father. Hey, Rudy, can you uh, answer um, this for me? Sorry, my name tag. Says hey, Adrian. Adrian. I forgot. <laughs> there, there you go. Does there you go. Say? Yeah, there, right, we right need there, to have right. an, uh, an Adrian name tag. Adrian, can you That's tell me? That's my name. There you go. A feast day and its seven following days are called what? Ah, yes, yes. Uh, eight pack sounds good. It I, does yeah, it? Yeah, sounds great, actually. Okay. Uh, but I'm going to go with an octave. An octave. An octave. Octave. So eight pack in Latin. Octave. <laughs> octave sounds very British. Octave. An octave. Well, an octave. Octave, you know, it's the, uh, okay. it's the the feast well, day and it's having the following days. Well, there you go, Father. For clarity, in case you needed it, uh, Adrian says it's an octave, whereas Rudy says it's an eight-pack. Fifteen seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Father Mysterium, what say you? Uh, and I guess Joe isn't an option, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I'll go, I guess, with Adrian. You guess. You guess. I like the way you nice. said that. Well played, Father. Well played. That was an easy one. Ah, uh, what happened to the hard ones, Adrian? Oh, they're coming. They're coming. They're he coming. says. I don't know. All right. Hey. Well done, Father. You weren't at all confused by that shenanigans, but you're in the cup. You might win. Actually. Pretty much you won. You're going to. Take it back. Today, you won. You've won, Father. You, you don't know. have to even answer these next two questions if you don't want to. Uh, but let's see. Oh, if I we... wouldn't miss it. All right. Well, praise God. All right. So we're going to go to the second one. Uh, we're going to go to eight. I'm looking at the name tag. Adrian. I... Okay. Got it. Uh, got Adrian. Uh... I remember my name now. <laughs> Adrian, you should know this one. Yes. Totally. Probably. Double major Maybe. Fonseca. Double major. What gem mm. is found in a cardinal's ring? Yes, well, right now, currently, I'm identifying as a geologist, um, and therefore, I know for a fact that the gem found in a cardinal's ring is lapis luzi. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, oh, what? It's a lapis luzi. It's a blue gem. It's very beautiful. Lapis And I didn't know that Uzi? birds even wore rings, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> or baseball teams, possibly. Uh, Lapis Luzi. Correct. Lapis Luzi. Hmm. All right. Hey, Rudy. Uh, I think you're a jeweler, right? You, I, in my past life. You should be able to answer this. What gem is found in a cardinal's ring? A sapphire. Not a Lapis Luzi, huh? Not, not, not a Lapis. Cornelius Alapis Luzi. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Father Mysterium, a Brother Rudy seems to think it is a sapphire, whereas Brother Adrian seems to think it's a Lapis Luzi. Father Mysterium, what say you? 15 seconds. Well, I don't want anybody to feel bad, so I guess this time I'll, I'll go with Rudy. <laughs> I appreciate that, Very Father. diplomatic of you, Father. <laughs> <laughs> Sapphires. Uh, did you know that one, Father, or were you guessing? I was sweating a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Is Lapis Luzi a real gem? Yeah, it's beautiful. It's a, it's a blue gem. It's very nice. Okay. Sapphire is my wife's favorite gem. Really? Uh, yeah? Yes. And when I bought her her engagement ring, and let me tell you, blood, sweat, and tears, Father, in the cold, snowy streets of New Hampshire to buy that <laughs> ring. I have the scars to prove it. Two sapphires. <laughs> Big, huge sapphires on that ring. 
Those blue. Blue. Congratulations. Oh, of course. Great. Yeah, praise God. All right, you're in for two, but you're already a winner. Let's just see how this third one goes, Father. We're going to go back to Rudy. We're running out of time now. Hey, Rudy, can you tell me, what is the name of the ceremonial chairs used in Catholic liturgies? Very unique chairs. Mm-hmm. They're known as Savonrolas. What? Oh, yeah. Savonrolas. Savonrolas. I'm familiar. Yeah, that's is it Italian or something? Sounds Italian. Sounds Italian. Ooh. Got to have nice leather. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, hey, Adrian. Hey, Joe. Can you tell me? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so creepy. What is the name of the ceremonial chairs mm. used in Catholic liturgies? Mm. Yes. Yeah. When you're looking at the at the missal, you're flipping through, you're finding the rubrics for yeah. the mass, mm-hmm. and you're emceeing like yeah. your son is doing. Yes. It says that the priest returns to the sedilia. Sedilia? Mm-hmm. That also sounds Latin or Italian. Okay. Well, Father Mysterium, Rudy says it's a sedilia, whereas... No, Adrian says it's a sedilia. Adrian says, <laughs> Adrian, what is my problem today? Adrian says it's a sedilia, whereas Brother Rudy said it was what again? Savonrola. Savonrola. 15 right. seconds on the clock. Father Mysterium, are you as confused as I? What say you? Well, they both sound Italian. They both sound believable. So I'll look to the left, I'll look to the right, <laughs> and I will pick... Uh, oh, I forgot who said what. Adrian. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so wise. Praise be to God, Father. God love you. What a great sport. Thank you, Father Mysterium. And, uh, Thank you, guys. We really enjoyed uh, having a laugh with you today. And you are the winner. You won. Your name is not even going to come Yay. out of the cup. But you, we're going to send you our prize pack today. God bless you. God love you, Father. Have a great day. We'll put you on put you on hold. That's gonna do it for the radio side. Don't forget, more prizes to come this week, though, so stick around for that. Adrian and I are off. Rudy's gonna man the ship. Pray for him. But we'll be hanging out with you on the after show. God love you. Thank you for joining us on your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's Facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. At Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel, today we celebrate Monday of the second week of Lent. The intention for today's Mass is for all of our online viewers and for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio. By the Babylonian rivers, we sat down in grief and wept. Hung our harps upon the willow, mourned for Zion when we slept. There our captors in derision did require of us a song. So we sat with staring vision, and the days were hard and long. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. My brothers and sisters, let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask Blessed Mary, ever Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. O God, who have taught us to chasten our bodies for the healing of our souls, enable us, we pray, to abstain from all sins and strengthen our hearts to carry out your loving commands. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Daniel. Lord, great and awesome God, you who keep your merciful covenant toward those who love you and observe your commandments, we have sinned, been wicked and done evil. We have rebelled and departed from your commandments and your laws. We have not obeyed your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings, our princes, our fathers, and all the people of the land. Justice, O Lord, is on your side. We are shamefaced even to this day. We, the men of Judah, the residents of Jerusalem, and all Israel, near and far, in all the countries to which you have scattered them because of their treachery toward you. O Lord, we are shamefaced like our kings, our princes, and our fathers for having sinned against you. But yours, O Lord, our God, our compassion and forgiveness. Yet we rebelled against you and paid no heed to your command, O Lord our God, to live by the law you gave us through your servants, the prophets. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Lord, do not deal with us according to our sins. Lord, do not deal with us according to our sins. Remember not against us the iniquities of the past. May your compassion quickly come to us, for we are brought very low. Lord, do not deal with us according to our sins. Help us, O God, our Savior, because of the glory of your name. Deliver us and pardon our sins for your name's sake. Lord, do not deal with us according to our sins. Let the prisoners sighing come before you. With your great power, free those doomed to death. Then we, your people, and the sheep of your pasture, will give thanks to you forever. 
Through all generations we will declare your praise. Lord, do not deal with us according to our sins. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. Your words, Lord, are spirit and life. You have the words of everlasting life. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory, Glory to, to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Stop judging, and you will not be judged. Stop condemning, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and gifts will be given to you, a good measure, packed together, shaken down, and overflowing, will be poured into your lap. For the measure with which you measure will in return be measured out to you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord, Lord Jesus Christ. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Jesus says elsewhere, particularly in the Sermon on the Mount, be perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect. He goes on to say very stinging words sometimes, stop judging and stop condemning, but to forgive and we will be forgiven. As we grow, especially in this holy season of Lent, in almsgiving or in charity, I think we're reminded in the gospel today to be aware and to be careful that we do not rashly judge or to, to judge rashly. Particularly, sometimes we look at another person and we judge their intentions. The fact is, is, for us, it's already hard enough to understand our own intentions sometimes, our own hearts. How is it that we can so easily see the intentions and judge somebody else's? We never know what's, what is going on in somebody else's mind. We do not know the good, the good things that they have in their hearts. Uh, we certainly do not know what their conversation is with God. And so the Lord just reminds us, he kind of warns us, that we should not judge rashly somebody else. Although we may, we may be suspicious of certain things because of a, of a history or whatever with that person, but that is sometimes when we just say, this person is doing this, uh, this is because, of, because they're, they're trying to hurt me, or they're trying to do this, or we, just, we judge rashly, we don't always know. And so especially if it becomes a mortal sin when we do not give the person at least at the very least, the benefit of the doubt. The benefit of the doubt. And this is a certain characteristic of God's love and his mercy for us called benevolence. God's love is benevolent toward us. That responsorial psalm so beautifully says, Lord, do not deal with us according to our sins. Thank God he doesn't, because we would be in big trouble. It's interesting that God, is, he says, you know, he says, be merciful just as your heavenly Father is merciful that God is so merciful to us. It is his greatest attribute, is his mercy. And that mercy is often experienced for us as sinners 
in God's benevolence and his kindness. A benevolence is that good, that good attitude or goodwill towards someone. It's in, paradoxically, as we grow in our spiritual life, uh, the Lord's um, lacerations uh, at our sins become, let's say, a little bit sharper because he knows that that is the only thing that will help us to turn our will more intensely towards him. And so it has to sting a little bit more. But when we're sinners, and sometimes far away, the interesting thing is, you know, when we admonish a sinner, one of those uh, important spiritual works of mercy isn't often that we receive a lot of resistance. The person is resistant to receive God's mercy, his correction. Uh, but if we're humble and we're ready and we're contrite of heart, the Lord will correct us, but he often corrects us so gently, and he does it so much better. It reminds me, you know, when I, uh, as I work as a, as the novice servant or the novice master, I often see things in novices that need to be corrected. And uh, but I more often than not, eighty percent of the time, I simply ask our blessed mother, mother, this is what I see. If it needs to be corrected, uh, you can you correct it? And eighty percent of the time, she does, and she does it so much more perfectly, so much more gently than I ever could. My words, which, you know, don't always come out so well and the lack of clarity and sometimes just my own things that just uh, uh, that kind of irritate me, uh, it often comes out in a spew of words. But Our Lady, and of course Jesus himself, does this so much more gently, with so much more benevolence. Of course, the other 20% of the time, I think Our Lady tells me, you know, do your job, and I have to say something. But most of the time, she takes care of it and it's, and it's so beautifully done because she can touch the heart. And that's where our Lord wants to touch us. So in the season of Lent, as we strive to grow in charity to, for love of our neighbor, uh, for all, towards almsgiving, one of the important instruments, let us ask the Lord to be, to, that we would be aware of God's mercy for us, how gentle and how benevolent he deals with us. And then in turn, with that very same measure, that we would in turn love our neighbor, and if we have to correct them, that we would have that great benevolence of Jesus. Amen. We should pour forth prayers at all times, dear brothers and sisters, but above all in these days of Lent, we ought to watch more intently with Christ and direct our petitions more fervently to God. Let us pray for the whole Christian people that in this sacred time of Lent they may be more abundantly nourished by every word that comes from the mouth of God. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Let us pray for the whole world that in lasting tranquility and peace our days may truly become the acceptable time of grace and salvation. We pray in a special way for peace in the Ukraine. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer for sinners and the neglectful, that in this time of reconciliation they may return to Christ. May those words of the gospel to be merciful, our Heavenly Father is merciful, truly enlighten and inspire our hearts, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Let us pray for ourselves that God may at last stir up in our hearts aversion for our sins, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For the intentions of those who are joining us online and through Guadalupe Radio, for those who are enrolled in our Salt Mass Association, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. 
Finally, we pray for those who have died, especially for all the holy souls in purgatory. May they rest in peace, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Grant, we pray, O Lord, that your people may turn to you with all their heart, so that whatever they dare to ask in fitting prayer, they may receive by your mercy through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. O Son of Justice, Jesus Christ, dispel the darkness of our hearts till your blessed light makes nighttime flee and brings the joy your day imparts. In this our time acceptable, touch every heart with sorrow, Lord, that turn from sin renewed by grace, we may press on towards love's reward. The day your day in beauty dawns, when in your light earth blooms anew, let back again to life's true way, may we forgiven rejoice in you. O loving Trinity, our God, to you we bow through endless days, and in your grace newborn we sing new hymns of gratitude and praise. Pray, dearly beloved, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and the good of all his holy church. Accept in your goodness these our prayers, O Lord, and set free from worldly attractions those you allow to serve the heavenly mysteries through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit, lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation. Always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, through Christ our Lord. For by your gracious gift each year, your faithful await the sacred paschal feast with the joy of minds made pure, so that e more eagerly intent on prayer and on the works of charity and participating in the mysteries by which they have been reborn, they may be led to the fullness of grace that you bestow on your sons and daughters. And so with angels and archangels, with thrones and dominions, and with all the hosts and powers of heaven, we sing the hymn of your glory, as without end we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Abbaot, Plenis Uncele et Terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, 
qui venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, and all you have created rightly gives you praise. For through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, by the power and working of the Holy Spirit, you give life to all things and make them holy. And you never cease to gather a people to yourself so that from the rising of the sun to its setting, a pure sacrifice may be offered to your name. Therefore, O Lord, we humbly implore you by the same Spirit, graciously make holy these gifts we have brought to you for consecration, that they may become the body and blood of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, at whose command we celebrate these mysteries. For on the night he was betrayed, he himself took bread, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, and gave the chalice to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith, save us, Savior of the world, for by your cross and resurrection you have set us free. Therefore, O Lord, as we celebrate the memorial of the saving passion of your Son, his wondrous resurrection and ascension into heaven, and as we look forward to his second coming, we offer you in thanksgiving this holy and living sacrifice. Look, we pray, upon the oblation of your church and recognizing the sacrificial victim by whose death you will to reconcile us to yourself. Grant that we, who are nourished by the body and blood of your Son and filled with his Holy Spirit, may become one body, one spirit in Christ. May he make of us an eternal offering to you so that we may obtain an inheritance with your elect especially with the most blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with blessed Joseph, her spouse, with your blessed apostles and glorious martyrs, and with all the saints on whose constant intercession in your presence we rely for unfailing help. May this sacrifice of our reconciliation, we pray, O Lord, advance the peace and salvation of all the world. Be pleased to confirm in faith and charity your pilgrim church on earth with your servant Francis, our Pope, and Michael, our Bishop, the Order of Bishops, all the clergy, and the entire people you have gained for your own. Listen graciously to the prayers of this family, whom you have summoned before you. In your compassion, O merciful Father, gather to yourself all your children scattered throughout the world. To our departed brothers and sisters, and to all who were pleasing to you at their passing from this life, give kind admittance to your kingdom. There we hope to enjoy forever the fullness of your glory through Christ our Lord, through whom you bestow in the world all that is good.
through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. At the Savior's command, informed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil, graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. The offerings are the sign of peace. On you stay, qui tolis peccata mundi, Miserere nobis, Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccata mundi, Miserere nobis, Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccata mundi, Dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. Be merciful, just as your heavenly Father is merciful, says the Lord. An act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you, Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen.
You satisfy the hungry heart with gift of finest wheat. Come, give to us, O saving Lord, the bread of life to eat. Is not the cup we bless and share the blood of Christ outpoured? Do not one cup, one loaf declare our oneness in the Lord. You satisfy the hungry heart with gift of finest wheat. Come, give to us, O saving Lord, the bread of life to eat. Let us pray. May this communion, O Lord, cleanse us of wrongdoing and make us heirs to the joy of heaven through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Bow down for the blessing. Confirm the hearts of your faithful, O Lord, we pray, and strengthen them by the power of your grace, that they may be constant in making supplication to you and sincere in love for one another, through Christ our Lord. Amen. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your life. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Jesus, Holy Mary, Mother of God, Pray for us sinners now and at the hour of death. Amen. The Prayer to St. Michael. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruins of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg Thee through the intercession and help of the Archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. 
from every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen. All Catholic, all the time. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul.